Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, and welcome to another episode of the Sound Heart Radio. Uh, this morning, uh, our discussion will be, uh, or is entitled, Prayer is Essential for Spiritual Practice. Prayer is essential for spiritual practice. And let us have a word of prayer to begin our study. We give you thanks, Heavenly Father, for this opportunity to meet with your saints in order to study your word, in order to fellowship with you, in your holy word. We pray, Lord, that there are no unconfessed sins in our lives so that we can receive the things of the Holy Spirit. And so, therefore, we ask your guidance and we ask for your wisdom to stay in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I'm going to be reading uh, from the book of James and also from the book of Exodus. And if we have time, uh, I'm going to go into the Psalms and uh, so I hope we have time to uh, go through all these scriptures. Uh, I have a lot of information for you, and because uh, this is a this is a very very important topic. I know that I'm not going to get to everything today, so I'm going to I will continue uh, next time we meet uh, because I want to talk about the armor of God and how essential prayer is for us in these days. Uh, because we are witnessing the the systematic uh, implosion of of Western culture. And so we need to know the kind of people we must be during these times. uh, So we live in harrowing times. So we need the Lord and we need his word. So I want to read to you first uh, from... Uh, the book of James, uh, chapter 5, and I'm going to start at verse 13, James 5:13. Quote, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry or happy? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him. Uh, Literally, it should read, uh, upon him. Anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith. Notice the language. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven. Verse 16, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer 
of a righteous man availeth much, unquote. So I'm reading from uh, the Old King James Version, but I, I want to, to, to point out uh, the strength of the Apostle James. Uh, this man, uh, this is a no-nonsense pastor teacher. And he taught the word of the Lord with, uh, his heart was filled with the spirit and therefore uh, full of, of, of compassion and because he knew the necessity of teaching the saints the word of God. See, mature believers understand this. Uh, James did not teach for popularity. He did not seek to be popular. Let me say that if anyone, any man or whoever enters into the ministry uh, thinking that he or she is going to be popular, that is never going to be the case. If you are faithful to the Lord, and therefore whatsoever we do, we do as unto the Lord, period period, uh, when certain men have dared to stand up for the Lord, uh, they have lost parsonages. They have lost ministries. They have lost churches. Uh, many of them have paid dearly and their families along with them for standing up for the Lord. But I want you to pay very close attention to uh, the words of James who was the brother of the Lord. Now, and you know what I mean when I say the brother of the Lord, okay? So, uh, verse 13, is any among you sick? Is any among you, that is, is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. So, here the word, uh, in the Greek, is any among you afflicted? That's just one word in the Greek. And it, it means literally to suffer evil or affliction. Uh, it means to be without strength and powerless and therefore sick. So this one word comprehends this, this very broad uh, understanding, uh, as it were, for uh, that would lead uh, James to say, if, if you are afflicted, pray. And uh, the word pray in the Greek is in the present imperative. Do it now. Do it at once. So pray. He goes on, is any, is any merry or, or happy? Let him sing songs. And he's referring, of course, to the book of Psalms. Uh, it is, verse 14, is any... Uh, is any among you sick? Uh, again, in here, it means uh, to be strength, uh, to be without strength and powerless. So uh, verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Verse 14, is any, among you, uh, is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil, and the oil here is a symbol of the, of the Holy Spirit. 
in the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord. So uh, here is the Bible. Here is the, the spiritual practice of the saints. And uh, James is pointing out uh, for this particular community of believers uh, what they can do. If verse, verse 13, if they are afflicted, or in verse 14, uh, if any of the saints are sick or ill. So uh, the words are, are very important uh, for us uh, to, to understand uh, so that we can uh, get a, a real sense of the, the essential nature of prayer, that is uh, the practical nature of prayer, in the sense that there's no way that you and I can ever uh, think that we can grow in the faith without having a substantive prayer life. And over the years, it has been my desire to uh, maintain prayerful spirit. That, that has been my goal. And I've spoken with God about this often because I never know what's going to happen next. I, I don't know. Well, and so because of that, I want a prayerful spirit. I want to be in constant communion with God. I want uh, to have fellowship with God constantly because I'm always going to need him. Amen? I will always need him before he needs me. And so, therefore, I want that fellowship. I want that connection. And I need, this is me personally, I need to have that sense of abiding in Christ and abiding communion with God. I need to have that sense that uh, God, the Holy Spirit is producing in me the fruit of the Spirit. I also, I don't want uh, to sin uh, and so therefore vex the Holy Spirit. I don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit uh, in my life. And so my mind, I want my mind free of preoccupation with things that are not pleasing to God. And when I say my mind, I, I, uh, it all, also means my will and my emotions. In other words, I don't want to be spiritually imprisoned. And it is an imperative for me in my walk with God that I'm not imprisoned by carnal thoughts, sensual thoughts, uh, uh, greed, uh, deceitful, lying, lustful. Uh, I want to have a life that is well-pleasing to God. I want to know that my name is written in the book of life. And even Moses talks about God's book of life. So this is where I want to be. And uh, I'm also noticed in my study of the Old Testament saints and the New Testament apostles that no matter how oppressed <clears throat> uh, or the opposition these godly, mature saints uh, face, they were all, they never derided the character of a king or a poor person. They never railed against the character uh, of anyone. And so that was very profound to me. 
even uh, when they were solely, solely oppressed by rulers or a ruler. Uh, you never heard this type of negativism in their spirit. Uh, and you see this in the character of David. He was grievously uh, oppressed by Saul. And when David had an opportunity to uh, avenge himself of false persecution, uh, David did not. And so uh, before a pagan king, David acted crazy in order to protect himself. But when it came to Saul, David knew his own, his spiritual boundaries. And David would never blaspheme the character of Saul. And that is very powerful that we understand that uh, our suffering does not allow us or open a door for us to blaspheme the character of our enemy. Jesus never did that. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And so that, show, that is a part of spiritual maturity and is important that we recognize it. And, that, and so uh, I just wanted to, uh, to have you aware of that. Now, in James 5.15, we read, and the prayer of faith, that is the petition, the word prayer means petition, and the petition of faith. Now notice the connection between prayer and faith. And so here is, is, is verse 15, is the, the petition of faith shall save the sick. Now the word sick here means to be weary of mind. It means to be tired of mentally. It means to be weary from constant work. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And the Lord shall raise him up. The Lord shall raise him up. Notice uh, the relationship that, that James emphasizes here. Prayer, faith, the Lord. Prayer, faith, the Lord. And notice uh, the connection, uh, the very powerful connection. And then he goes on in verse, verse 15, speaking about the, the, uh, the person who is sick. He goes on and states, and if he have committed sin, so, uh, and so the word here is in the perfect tense, the, word, uh, the verb committed. If he have committed sins, and the word here uh, means that is to purposely overstepping, it means purposely overstepping divine boundaries. Purposely overstepping divinely established boundaries. They shall be forgiven. So please understand what is going on here <clears throat> and meditate uh, in your heart as the Lord instructed uh, Joshua in Joshua chapter 1. Joshua, the Lord gave Joshua his own be attitudes, be hyphen attitudes. Prayer will create uh, a different attitude in your life. Consistent prayer, a prayerful spirit will create, you will have your be attitudes from God. And notice the context. 
in which God instructed Joshua. Joshua was to lead the army, that is the people of God, into the promised land to, in order to inherit their possession, in order to possess their possession. And so the general was a man of prayer. And so, which meant that he was a man of power. See, people who understand the, the, the dynamics of prayer uh, do great things for God because uh, they take their fears before God and God will arrest or extinguish their fears. They know this. And they go... And they spend time with God, and God will speak to them about his plan, about what he wants to accomplish. They commit their ways unto the Lord. And so, therefore, they know that whatever, when they commit their ways to the Lord, what they desire will be established. He will uh, seek you first, the kingdom of God, and all these things will follow you. Life. Uh, with God is is wonderful. Once you know uh, what this is about, because when you allow, when you surrender the human will, when you give up what you want, when you give up your short-term desire about the way you think your life should be or what it should be, and you surrender that to God, God is going to give you wonderful things. God is going to give you unexpected, unanticipated blessings. You will learn that he can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. You will learn that. And you will learn about God's protective care over your life. You will learn that there are times when prayer is about praising God. And you will also learn that at other times, prayer is about warfare. So you will be able to distinguish between the two, uh, praise and prayer, and then prayer as warfare. Because there is something in your life, maybe uh, we all face people, things, and circumstances. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes circumstances. It is vital that that becomes a reality for you if you want to understand or to grow in understanding uh, what prayer is. Prayer, prayer is, our, is, our, is our spiritual weapon. And it is a mighty weapon. When your mind and heart when your heart is filled with the word and uh, you have taken in the word and you have transferred the word that you have learned intellectual in your mind, when you have transferred that or turn, uh, that word has turned into faith, then you are a powerful individual. And God will use you in a mighty way. And God would allow your life to touch many individuals uh, in unexpected and very powerful ways. So uh, then he goes on in verse 16. Uh, this is James 5:16. Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. 
effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. James, you know, every word of God is true, and every word in the inspired scripture has very powerful meaning for us. So confess. And in 1 John 1, 9, we are confess to God. And here in James 5, 16, we should also learn of this verse because James is appealing to whom? Not to fleshly believers, but he is, he is speaking to uh, the community. Same word in 1 John 1, 9, uh, confess. It is homologeo. And, and uh, uh, confess, so your faults, and that is to, once again, to purposely under, uh, 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 purposely overstepping a divinely established order, uh, we're to confess to other believers. There's no need in the scripture for a priest. Uh, we are all, we are believer priests. We're so we're to confess to one another our sins, and then he goes on and pray for one another. See, the confession is not merely uh, so that others can hear. Uh, about your sin is to do it in order to pray. And so what is he doing? He is establishing community. He is establishing interdependence. He is establishing uh, koinonia, joint things in common. And uh, in Galatians 6, uh, Paul talks about uh, the sins of, of one who has fallen. And, and uh, Paul says we're to restore that one in a spirit of meekness, considering yourself. So I, if someone confesses his or her sin to me, I am not to go out and publish their sins as gossip. Okay? I'm not to do that uh, because that hurts the community, person. And uh, uh, Peter writes that the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Therefore, God knows what we are doing. See, and I'm not to be glad over the failure uh, of, a, of another individual or a saint. Uh, how do I, why, how is God going to bless that attitude and that spirit? See, when I hear about the failure or fall of an enemy, I don't rejoice. I don't rejoice because that individual is under uh, divine discipline. And as a mature believer, uh, you want to pray for people, and you know that this person has been your enemy. This person has blasphemed uh, your character in certain ways. You don't want to rejoice over the hurt or the ruin that that person has experienced, you don't want to do that. And if you are, you have that kind of spirit, uh, that spirit is not of God. That spirit is not of God, and uh, that that is ruinous. Uh, Proverbs 24, verse 17 states, quote, do not gloat when your enemy falls, when he Stumbles, do not let your heart rejoice, or the Lord will see and disapprove, turn his wrath or his nose away from him, unquote. So 
And then, you know, why would I have that attitude? My Lord Jesus never had that attitude. When the rich young ruler walked away from Jesus, uh, Jesus was sad because we read that Jesus looked upon him and loved him, but the young man walked away sad because uh, he had many possessions. Whereas in the Greek, the emphasis is that he was possessed, the young man was possessed by many possessions. He was possessed by many possessions. And so this saddened the heart of Jesus. When I, as we grow up in the faith, uh, we become more compassionate and we have a deeper understanding of the character of God and the love of God. Uh, it is in self-sacrificial love, self-sacrifice. Uh, the self-sacrificial love of God begins to become deeply rooted in our hearts through, through prayer, and we change. Uh, there's a word in the, the Greek New Testament, it is macrothumia. It means long-suffering. And I was teaching a class one day, and I asked the students, well, what does that word mean? And one student said, it means to suffer long. <laughs> and I, I laughed because that's true, too. Uh, in the biblical sense, macrothumia, it, it, means, uh, it means suffering with, uh, with people. It doesn't mean really tolerating or putting up with, with saints or people. It doesn't mean that. There's no word in the Greek that says that we're to tolerate or put up with other saints. Uh, Paul writes that we're to forbear one another. We're to forbear one another. Very, very powerful uh, language. Uh, all of the New Testament writers use very powerful pregnant language. And why am I saying this? Well, uh, you're not even going to read in, in some medical journal, uh, Western medical journal, about the importance of, of prayer and medicine or prayer and healing, but uh, faithful uh, chaplains know that when the soul is right in, in, the, in the individual who is ill, who is bedridden, and who is suffering in some manner in a hospital, when we minister to these people, uh, considering ourselves, and we go to them and we hear their story, uh, and some of them are confused and bewildered as to how they, they arrived in, in the hospital, uh, and some of them use that, that time as a time of reflection on their actions and where their life, uh, 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 how their lives were going. I got a call uh, to go and visit a man uh, who was very sick, and he said, I want to see the chaplain. And as I was nearing the door, he watched me from the doorway come walk toward his room. When I turned toward his room to go in and meet him, there was a smile, and he just broke down, and he cried. There was no talk. But I was there with him, and I was there for him, and he just cried. He wanted an opportunity uh, to confess, and his confession was done through his tears. 
And I could see from uh, the way he was holding his body, his shoulders, and you could the sorrow uh, just uh, emanating from him. And that was an opportunity. Uh, and as chaplains, you're, you're trained to let people uh, to hear their story, let them tell their story. And that was an opportunity to be in fellowship with him in a way that he needed. It's not an opportunity to judge him or to deride him or to make him feel worse, but to to help the soul of this one who is wounded. Okay? And so we pray for the wounded, considering ourselves. We pray for those uh, who have endured brutality and brutalities that we can't imagine. And we pray for the homeless uh, who sleep in doorways, who don't have warm heaters and warm blankets. We pray for these people. We pray for those who are lost and who don't know the Savior. We pray for them. And so uh, James states that when we pray for one another, he said that you may be healed. Confess your sins one to another. And so here it means to restore to bodily health. Now, let me say again that every every believer who is sick has not sinned, but there are believers who are sick who have sinned, and their sickness is a result of their sin. So here we have this formula provided for us in the scripture and pray for one another that you may be healed, that is, to restore to bodily, to bodily health. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. The word availeth is isku, and it means uh, capable of powerful results. So, it means to be healed, to restore to bodily health, that you may be healed, and to heal spiritually. So understand that in the Word of God, there is a, this connection. Uh, uh, there is biblical holism. There's a holistic connection between the body and the soul. And we need to reaffirm that in our, in, as we pray uh, for individuals. Now, in order to have to effectively pray for others, I, my life has to be clean. And I have to pray, I have to confess my sins, not just generally, but specifically my sins, my own sins. And so I confess these to God. And the scripture never tells me that I am to uh, cheerfully uh, say that okay, Lord, I'm I'm uh, sorry for my sin. The Bible never states that. Now, we read in Scripture about a man uh, who was sorrowful, and he you know had great tears. But Cain was sorrowful for himself. And if you read the account, if you read that clinical narrative. Uh, you will find that, read the pronouns, 
It was all about him. My judgment is more than I can bear. And he goes on. My judgment, my pain is more than I can bear. He never grieved or repented over the murder of his brother. You read about Saul, and you read about uh, Saul, uh, his life was eaten up. He was consumed by the idolatrous self. He made a monument to the idolatrous self. He was an idolater. And he was consumed uh, by that. And his ego was, upon, was on the throne of his life. God was never on the throne of Saul, King Saul's life. And when, when Saul spoke to Samuel about God, it was always your God. There's always that distancing language. And he blamed others for his own sin the soldiers, the man. Uh, and so he always used distancing language. He would never take responsibility before God for his own sin. And so, uh, so he pursued David with, with, with murderous intent. But what is interesting is that God used Saul, and David wrote about his cave experiences. And God used King Saul to harass and pursue King David because King David had his own Saul roaming about in the caverns of his own life. And so God used King Saul to show and display the King Saul that was in the life of David. Now, there may be an event, there may be circumstances, there may be a person in your life that God is using to reveal the Saul in your life. God, remove this individual, remove this Saul. And let me tell you, I've had different Sauls in my life, physical persons and they who pursued me and who were my enemies. But as I prayed about this and wrestled with, with, this, with these persons over the years, I learned that God was also using these individuals that he had divinely in my life in order to build me up, in order to reveal the soul that was in me. Well, this person is pursuing me in this way. This person did that to me. This person treated me this way. So I'm going to hate that individual. You want to go down that road, the road of hate, bitterness and resentment. And when you do that, then you give that person what? That person becomes seated in your life. That person, your will, 
because now your will is taken up uh, and controlled by that person. And your will begins to disintegrate. Your mind begin, becomes what? Preoccupied with what this person has done. And you may become so blinded that you don't even recognize that, that what God wants out of your life is your pride. My prideful rebellion, my prideful rejection, my prideful whining, me, 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 me. And when God graciously allows you to see that, and you begin to pray for release, and release of what? I need to release this person who has sinned against me. And and I mean that most sincerely. Uh, if a person has sinned against me in, in, in a deeply personal manner, I have to release, I have to let go. If I'm going to be free in life, Or I can hold on to what has been done. And the Bible says that, uh, the Bible talks about what jealousy and envy does to the bones. It, it, It is as rottenness in the bones. So I took that scripture and I went and looked into some medical magazines. And I found some very interesting articles on uh, on this topic, on envy and uh, and osteoporosis. And envy and jealousy literally do disintegrate bones. Our bones are the the foundation, the structure without which we're just blobs of flesh. And so envy and bitterness can do what? Can destroy and begin to disintegrate bone, bone density, bone mass. When the Bible tells me that I can pray and, and find release and I can and I can go before God and and get release from the stuff of this life because as you grow in prayer, you begin to realize, man, that the landscape of the cosmos is just riddled with mines and traps. Don't get entrapped. Don't uh, watch out for these minds. Don't have secret sins because at some point this stuff is going to, these secret sins will blow up in your face. He may not, others may not see the sin, but your life will be held back in such a way because why? David suffered for a year. He suffered grievously for a year before he confessed to God his sin with Bathsheba. And that first baby he lost. He prayed for that child. He fasted for that child. 
and that baby was lost. See, David was forgiven by God for his sins, but then there's the consequences of sin. So uh, secret sins, purposely overstepping divinely established boundaries. We need to go for God in confession, honest confession of our sins so that we can be free. Prayer is wonderful. And prayer is not a tool. Uh, the, the petitions we take before God, God says do what? You know, and it's wonderful that we have this opportunity. We can go before God uh, because we have a merciful Jesus. We have a merciful and faithful high priest. So therefore, we can go with boldness before the throne of grace and find uh, our help. We can find grace to help in time of need. We can pray for ourselves. We can pray for others. And if you are a person whose life is filled with responsibility, you want your heart and life clean, and you want those in your periphery to know, those who depend on you, that your life is clean that your life is anchored wonderfully in God so that they will have what they will have an anchor for their souls lest lest they drift away. Read Hebrews two. Read Hebrews chapter two. This is not a world where you want uh people people need models. These people have purposely in the cosmos wiped away, gotten rid of every positive role model in life. They don't want people to have role models. They don't want people to pursue excellence. They want you to do what? They want people to pursue animal lust. They don't want people to have spiritual focus. They only want them uh, to focus on politically uh, destructive positions. They so picria. Uh, the Greek word for poison, and so divide and conquer, divide and conquer. They don't want men to be men. They don't want women to be women. They don't women, uh, please read Romans 1, about how the men abandoned uh, women and created that which is uncomely. And, and so you see that in Romans 1, Paul, Paul, Romans 1 by saying they invented evil things. They invented evil things. We need prayer warriors today. Go before God, confess to him exactly where you are and what's going on in your life. Please read the book of Daniel about Daniel's prayer life how he, his enemies uh, in the Hebrew tried to chew him, uh, chew him up. They were that bitter, and they were that jealous and envious. But this man, they said, uh, we know that we can't get, get him on anything, only that he prays to his God. But Daniel didn't stop his prayer life. He continued on, and God wonderfully intervened, and God overthrew his enemies, and Daniel 
continue rising, continue to rise in his success because he looked to God. Look, we have many wonderful examples of the power of prayer given to us in the word of God. Go back to the word. Go back to the word. Learn the word. Learn to focus on what God is doing because God is doing a new thing and your life will wonderfully change. Good morning and God bless you.